This is episode number 05 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. I'm Jesse Mundell. And I'm Anita Lambert. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my big loves, which is prenatal exercise. Exercise in pregnancy specifically is what we are going to be chatting about. And a lot of the mindset that comes along with this time period and our bodies and how we are moving in them. Before we dive into this, Anita, I want to know what pregnancy exercise looked like for you when you were pregnant with your daughter. Yeah, so for me, I kept up certain types of exercise and other exercises I decided to wait on. So I kept up strength training um, for a lot of different reasons. It's something I've always found comfort in. I've done it since the start of high school. It was really convenient. We had a gym in our condo building, so kept up strength training. Um, and we'll go over kind of later all the benefits of different types of training. So kept that in, um, kept some spin in. I do enjoy cycling, um, but with scheduling, I just kept that in. I think it was like the first trimester only. Kept up Pilates workouts on my own, tons of walking. So at the time we lived in Toronto um, and anyone who lives there or has lived there, you'll find often walking places is faster than transit. So walked quite a bit, um, did tons of stairs in our building as well. Um, and then having seen one of my colleagues for pelvic physiotherapy before I was pregnant and during my pregnancy, um, something common for me was always tension in the right side of my pelvic floor. So definitely, even with all the strength training, kept up some release work, prenatal yoga, uh, made sure I balanced things that way. Um, some types of exercise I made a decision to not continue with. Uh, one of them was running, um, not because it didn't feel good. It was just more, more of a decision that We'll talk about a bit about kind of some of the risks with certain types of activities and just from what I knew when having seen clients um, kind of go through different things throughout their pregnancy, I just preferred not to put that extra pressure on my pelvic floor. So it's not to say everyone has to stop running. It just was not something I needed to, I, it wasn't a mental thing that I absolutely had to do and feel good doing. So I decided to wait on the running. Um, and also rock climbing, absolutely loved indoor rock climbing. Um, and I think back to before I ever got into pelvic floor physio, I remember seeing other expecting moms at the gym and I'm like, that's totally going to be me. I'm going to rock climb till the end. Um, and just the more I started to learn about the pelvic floor, I decided, again, it was one of those things that I just didn't want that excessive pressure in certain areas. 
I prefer to wait till after birth and recover before getting back to that. So that's really what exercise looked like for me. I stayed super active right until the end. Um, and I always laugh when clients ask me about that. And uh, I went to a prenatal yoga class right up until it was like just after 40 weeks. And I think I might've talked about this in another episode. The instructor went around and asked, you know, when's everyone's due date? And I was like, yesterday. Uh, and I thought she was gonna fall over. Um, but I just thought to myself, I'm like, I feel great. It was just one of those things that I just feel like keep exercising as long as you feel good. Um, and doing what you love doing, which we're gonna talk about. That's a huge part of exercise in pregnancy. We don't want you to feel pushed to do stuff you don't enjoy because that enjoying exercise is a big part of during pregnancy, but any time in life. So that was my experience. What about you, Jess, in terms of exercise? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love hearing about what you were doing. So mine was similar. I strength trained three days a week, which is what I was doing before pregnancy and that schedule is kind of working in my life and then similar to you at that time we were living in the city in Calgary and walking was my main mode of transportation at that time so I walked a ton it's a big thing that I'm noticing in this pregnancy currently is that I'm not walking as much we moved outside of the city to the suburbs so we rely on car transportation much more often and uh, leisurely walking with a toddler isn't really a thing <laughs> so the leisurely walking has decreased significantly um, but that is what I did in my first pregnancy strength training walking this time around it is the same essentially although now I have the activity of parenting a toddler that is in my daily life so as I said, I was strength training three days a week when I was pregnant with Steel. This time, it's usually two days a week. And I just don't, I don't find the need physically or mentally to do more exercise than that. And this time around, I'm trying to do more mobility type work and more release type work. Whereas with pregnant with Steel, I didn't do too much of that. It was definitely on the back burner. This time is taking more center stage. Uh, just again, the nature of my life and my day. Um, I want to keep my movement up, but not necessarily add any more exercise or more intense movement. So that's what I'm doing this time around. So very similar, but also much different demands on my body and my life. I posted on Instagram last night that I didn't run at all during pregnancy with steel because I don't like to run. I'm not a runner. This time, the child yells at me to run <laughs> around the house multiple times a day. So I do run this time around our kitchen island. Today we're outside playing in the snow and I was running through the snow. So it's just so different this time. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> we'll see how long I'm able to keep up with the two and a half year old. And I would, I think that's such a good thing to bring up because I would say, and I always get a good laugh when I have new clients coming in and on their intake form under current activity is like toddler wrangling or and like having a toddler now I get it and anyone listening that is a full-out exercise or activity like that is exercise it so, seriously is yeah you cannot yeah. you cannot avoid that and you have to take that in consideration when you're thinking about your exercise routine for the week it is so much energy and a lot of load and challenge on your body simply from doing that. Today, I was carrying steel 
just down the road for maybe 30 seconds and I was like dang girl you got heavy now (laughs) and on this 20 week pregnant body it like I just have to be super mindful of how I'm carrying myself and if I'm continuing to breathe so it's interesting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I think that's such a good place to go into the next part like you talked about in the intro Jess is the mindset around exercise and pregnancy and both of us see two different sides to the spectrum so there's the side where some expecting moms will completely back off um and and back off is different for everyone right so for some people it means lightening the load a lot or just completely stopping any forms of exercise they enjoy um not doing anything that gets their heart rate up or make them sweat and then the other side of the spectrum is like extreme intensity so changing absolutely nothing in keeping up with what they're doing or even pushing it beyond what they did before pregnancy. Um, and we'll talk a bit more about this pregnancy exercise badge of honor, um, which I know Jess that you're great with talking about that. Um, so in terms of, or what do you notice this with your clients, Jess, that you work with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, two sides of the spectrum, people who are backing off a ton and for whatever reason there can be many layers to this what i am finding is that some people are still being told by their healthcare providers in pregnancy that they shouldn't strength train that they shouldn't lift more than say 20 or 30 pounds they're reading things on the internet about pregnancy exercise and they are getting scared about it and those are contributing to the reasons why they are backing off um for some people it really is just that they are so tired or that they're really nauseous super fatigued from their daily life and they don't want to do any more movement or activity these are all valid reasons whatever your reasons are that is a valid reason for us i think we want to just dispel the myth that you need to say only do strength training that's very lightweight or you should only do yoga and Pilates in pregnancy, or you should only walk during pregnancy. Those things are all incredible modes of prenatal exercise. They simply don't have to be the only one that you are doing. And if there are no specific true medical contraindications in your pregnancy that your healthcare providers are uh, hoping that you back off from exercise because of these medical contraindications, then you can continue to challenge yourself in an appropriate manner during pregnancy exercise. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good point to bring up too. Um, I would say recently, I haven't really heard too much about care providers saying to not do anything. The The times I do hear it, it's more if there's contraindications come up or placenta previa or things like that. Um, but it does still happen, I know, in various areas. Um, and another thing too with backing off is how Jess was talking about, like if you're really fatigued and just getting through your day, um, or if you have a lot of nausea, which Jess has go has talked about going through that, um, or if you have other kids, right? You have kids and you're working. It's just don't put the extra stress on yourself to do more. We're just here to talk about different options so that you're aware of. You know, you don't have to do less if you feel like you could, you know, do other types of movement. Yeah, that's perfect. And this is a question I get asked a ton too. And I think because people know that I have struggled with 
morning slash all day sickness of both my pregnancies for me not exercising didn't help always moving doing some strength training or walking has always been a nice distraction for me even when I was tired or not feeling great it's like the one time that I didn't think about it completely because I was really zeroed in or focused on something else so if you are sick absolutely test it out for yourself if it feels better to move or if it feels better to back off no right answer the right answer for me in my body is to keep moving but that might not be what works for you mm-hmm. yeah and then that other end that we talked about so the extreme intensity um and this idea of hashtag no excuses which is a hashtag i wish would go away and i actually looked it up today there's over 14 million hashtags of this on Instagram. And obviously for not just pregnancy, right, for anything. But I just think it kind of overrides a lot of the things we just talked about. So if you're experiencing symptoms of any sort, pelvic floor core or other symptoms, pain, fatigue, nausea, or you just don't feel like it, like it's just, I feel like adding to this mom guilt or mom shame which I just had many discussions today with clients about it about their experience um and this is starting and baby hasn't even arrived yet right like this is in pregnancy this is already starting um so I just feel like just you know be aware if you're seeing this like no excuse thing going on try to you know go buy it because you just you don't need to be dealing with that Mm -hmm. Yeah, with my clients, we talk about the no excuses as actually being really damn good reasons. You (laughs) can have really good reasons for not wanting to do something. You don't need any reasons at all for not wanting to do something. So yeah, the no excuses can be so damaging for people in pregnancy and postpartum exercise that I think it's so key what you said about just trying to keep your blinders on and stay in your lane and not get inundated by those messages, which is hard when you're on yeah. social media. Yeah, it's definitely not easy. Um, and I think part of the extreme intensity too, or at least what I've noticed in others who um, who are kind of in that mindset is continuing to do the exercise you've always done makes you feel like you're still yourself, right? Your body is changing constantly in pregnancy. Um, Whether you're having nausea, fatigue and that or not, you're noticing these physical changes. So I think by keeping up the exercises before or even creating more goals, right? I know some women who literally decide to run a marathon or a race while they're pregnant. Like that's their goal is to do it when they're pregnant, right? So is it you know, that's part of who they are and they feel like, okay, my body is changing, but by keeping this up, I'm at least going to, you know, keep part of myself. So I know we've talked about this in another episode and we'll be continuing to talk about this idea of kind of losing yourself in pregnancy, postpartum and in motherhood. Um, So I think that's something to address as well. Um, Have you noticed that as well, Jess? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is perfect time for us to jump into these ideas about fears about pregnancy exercise and we kind of have two different sides of the spectrum here too let's talk about exactly what you are speaking about right now these fears of not doing enough or not being enough 
are there fears coming up from someone who does not want to back off their exercise intensity, their volume, or their specific exercises or loads? And if there are those fears coming up or they feel discomfort in backing off or changing up their pregnancy exercise from their pre-pregnancy normal, what is that about? We need to start peeling back the layers, asking a lot of questions of ourselves if we are having that. So often what I will see with my clients, if this is something they're experiencing, is that it is body image discomfort, it's body composition fears. They are fearful of gaining fat. They're fearful of their body getting too big. That's in quotations because that is Mm -hmm. defined by each person for their own body. Um, They're fearful of how it's going to feel postpartum in order to come back or bounce back or to lose the weight postpartum so there's all this control that's wrapped up in our use of exercise as a tool to control our body and it can be super scary to start to let that go Mm -hmm. yeah no I definitely agree with that and I feel like it's pretty common a lot of women get talked about during pregnancy is yeah this idea of what you do now is going to affect your postpartum that all this weight you gain now you're just going to have to work even harder to lose it if you gain more and I'm just like uh like to start off a pregnancy like that just I feel like is the worst thing ever um So I definitely think it's also the support you have around you, even how your care provider goes about talking about these things, um, all goes towards how this idea of fear of not doing enough comes up as well. Mm -hmm. I, if I had got pregnant with steel five years earlier, I would have been in this camp completely. I would have pushed myself far harder in pregnancy exercise, probably to the point of harm whether that was during pregnancy or postpartum physically but certainly mentally and emotionally because I was always using exercise in my pre-pregnant life as a tool to keep my body boxed into this certain idea of what I thought it should look like so if I had have got pregnant at a time where I hadn't been doing the mindset work to uncover these layers of what I thought exercise meant, what I thought too big was for my body, all these discomforts in bigness and fat for myself, it would have been a dangerous time for me. Our colleague, Brianna Battles, talks about athlete brain. And I love this concept if we're talking about people who are scared of backing off in their pregnancy exercise because they're fearful of losing strength. They are scared to become weak and what that rebuilding process is going to have to look like. And then as you mentioned, that they are losing a part of their identity as an athlete or an exerciser. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think I love how Brianna talks about that and just voices, you know, because coming from that background, she's totally been there and in a new mindset now as well. I think that's good to, you know, to bring us into, again, the other end of the spectrum, um, the fear of doing too much. Um, So this idea, could this, you know, type of exercise be harming the baby? Could it contribute to a miscarriage, pain, injury? Um, Because I definitely see this come up often. Um, And really, it is a good thing to talk to your care provider, because I'd say it's a lot less now. I think more in previous generations, a lot of you know, expecting moms were told like, don't exercise, 
just the minimum. That's all you need to do. Whereas now I feel like care providers are actually really encouraging to do more. Um, so really talking to your care provider, if there is any contraindications or reasons that you shouldn't be exercising, they'll be the ones to let you know. Um, but even with that, any clients who I've seen who do have some contraindications, really their idea is still to get you moving and walking. Like there may be reasons to not do further intense exercise, but mo it's pretty rare that anyone will, um, will be told to like do absolutely nothing. There are times where bed rest is recommended, um, but generally movement in general um, is actually a good thing. Mm -hmm. And if you are feeling these fears about risking harm to baby, to your own body, miscarriage, then just stick with whatever you are comfortable with. And again, put the blinders on in this situation that you do not have to exercise in a specific way. Move just however you are comfortable moving and don't guilt yourself that it is not enough it can be completely fine for whatever situation you are in right now. Mm -hmm. And I think a good point to bring up with that is um, I'm not sure if you've worked with a lot of clients, Jess, who've gone through a lot of like fertility challenges. I'm sure you have. Um, and then who do get pregnant. And I feel like those are the clients that tend to be, which is totally understandable. They're so happy to be pregnant and they don't want to do anything that may potentially compromise that pregnancy. So I think exactly what you talked about. I know even in as a physiotherapist, we talk about these fears, making them comfortable with doing whatever exercise they feel good about, because um, that'll affect them on so many different levels and keep them moving and make them feel comfortable and just not feeling like they have to push themselves. Yeah, so perfect. So again, we just wanted to touch on these two sides of the spectrums about fears around pregnancy exercise. If you are in one versus the other, just know that there are ways that we can help support you physically, mentally, emotionally during these times periods. And often it is so much mindset work on our own part, uh, in our own bodies, figuring out why we're feeling what we're feeling. I tell my clients to just keep asking why, why, why until we get somewhere and that can be a helpful thing to do if you are feeling fear around pregnancy exercise mm -hmm. um so we wanted to touch upon some of the like the physical benefits of exercise and pregnancy and there are quite a few and for everyone it's going to be different um for some people just staying moving is going to help decrease aches and pains and just keep their body feeling you know mobile and feeling good um what did you find just kind of particularly helpful because you said strength training was actually it helped your body feel good um were there any other benefits that you noticed mm -hmm. the biggest one for me and i tell my clients this too is that i was more comfortable strength training and lifting weights at the end of pregnancy than i was sleeping that sounds ridiculous, but it is so true. I just felt more comfortable, perhaps it was a distraction, when my body was in motion towards the end of pregnancy. So I was able to keep my stiffness and my aches and pains at bay. And then I think a big part of that too was it just helped with my mental and emotional well-being because my physical health felt good and I felt strong and capable in my body. And that can translate to, of course, our mindset so, so much. What did you experience? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I felt I felt like it kept up my strength, like throughout pregnancy, uh, made me feel good because 
I've seen clients go through like everything possible, symptom wise, aches and pains. And I knew I wanted to do everything possible that I could do to like help my body feel good. Um, so for me, it just, it, it kept me feeling good, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, something I absolutely love to see with clients is they'll come in with back pain or pelvic pain. And often they've had it before pregnancy and it's continued. We get things feeling better and they actually say they feel better in pregnancy than they did ever before. And that to me is super exciting because this is a time where so many women are told, you know, you're fragile, you shouldn't feel great, like basically to not be happy in your own body. And there's like a client in particular I'm thinking about recently who had had years of back pain um, and then got pregnant. She was really nervous about being pregnant with her back pain. She thought it would make things worse, but she started feeling amazing. She got her, understood her core, her pelvic floor feeling super strong. And now she's postpartum. She feels now, and she's only a couple months postpartum. Again, she feels even better now than she did in pregnancy and even before. Like she, and she's so surprised that she could feel this good. Um, so I think that's the exciting part is like, you can actually feel better in pregnancy, but also postpartum by staying active and just getting to know your body better. Mm, Yeah. I relate to that story so much, actually very similar situation in that I had gone through years of chronic back pain with lots of gymnastics type injuries. And I was really nervous about going into pregnancy and especially the end of pregnancy being in chronic pain. And it was not my experience whatsoever. I actually felt really good and had no significant back pain to speak of and postpartum as well. So yeah, it speaks to keeping moving and keeping muscle mass on your body and understanding how the core and pelvic floor functions. So all good stuff. I think Mm -hmm. that when we're talking about the benefits of exercise and pregnancy, we need to tackle one big conversation. And that is the idea that staying active and doing regular consistent exercise in pregnancy is going to guarantee you an easier birth or it is one of the key things that you can do in order to prepare for an unmedicated vaginal birth are you seeing this mindset with your moms i don't you know it's a good question i don't know if a lot of moms bring this up to me that that's the mindset i do see it out though on social media or talked about, but I haven't had too many clients bring this up in particular. Um, But it is something that we do talk about um, because staying active can be helpful, but I agree it's not necessarily going to guarantee an easier birth. Um, And I would definitely say strength training is key and really helpful postpartum and helpful during pregnancy. But as we've talked about before in the episode, when it comes to birth, we need to realize we need to release and know how to relax. So if all you do is know how to strengthen and engage and you don't know how to let go, that won't necessarily serve you in birth itself. So I would say over this past year, I've seen quite a few CrossFit moms, which has been awesome. And so we modify and make sure they can keep doing as much activity as they can, feeling good. But they totally know and they totally worked on a lot of release work to balance that out because especially some of the traditional cueing is about bracing and tightening um, and they've learned how to like release and engage their pelvic floor and core. But you got to balance out that release work going into birth because when it comes to birth, you need to learn to let go. Yeah, 
big time. And I think that that is an idea that we're seeing on social media quite a bit is that the more strong you are, the more fit you are, you're going to have an easier time during labor and birth. And it's simply not the whole story. Some of my clients bring stories that uh, their fitness instructors are telling them this or their fitness instructors or trainers are saying that they worked out up until the day they went into labor and they were able to have this fast labor or a fast birth and push their babies out so quickly because they were strong. And it can be a really damaging mindset to impart upon people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think it's just... Yeah. Well, everyone's body is completely different. Um, and I find kind of the common thread we've been talking about tonight is mindset. Um, and I think there's a lot of mindset going into birth that actually is just as important or even more important than necessarily like the physical kind of strength going into birth, um, with that. And also I find too some clients who, if all they've done is strength training and no release work, they tend to be again pelvic floor is tense abdomen is really tense which I think sometimes is thought of well if it's tense that's good my abs are strong but again if if it's not mobile and able to move then you know it won't necessarily help going through labor Mm -hmm. absolutely and I really think that this was one factor one aspect that contributed to the way steel was born by c-section There was lots of factors, but I really do think it was because I was tense through my abdomen and had been for years and years and years. And I was thinking a lot about releasing through pelvic floor. And I thought that I had that sensation down, but I didn't factor in that abdominal tension as much. And I felt that postpartum so much. I didn't really feel it pre-pregnancy or during pregnancy, but postpartum, I was like, ooh, that is a sensation that I hadn't felt in a long time. Whenever I would try to extend through the spine, stretch the abdominals, it felt so, so tight. So I think that that is a really good point to bring up. So other key benefits for moms during pregnancy, like we talked about, big mental health aspects. My clients are noticing this. I notice this a lot. Movement for me feels like therapy. And although I see a therapist too, but movement physically just really helps put me in my body and then I'm able to live more authentically and more fully as myself. I'm able to manage my stress better, anxiety, more patience with the two-year-old. So mom's mental health can be so key in people who are exercising. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And I think it's good to bring up about that endorphins because that release can just make your body and your mind feel good throughout that. Again, as we talked about all those changes that are happening in your body. Um, And another point too to bring up is prepping for postpartum. These things that we don't think about, and we're not talking about prepping postpartum as in like um, to get your body back because often you will hear that part of prepping. We're talking about lifting your baby, lifting your baby in a car seat, lifting a stroller, lifting a stroller and lifting your toddler. And like, just there's a lot of um, strength aspects and mobility aspects that we just don't think about. And a lot of clients come back postpartum. And they're like, yeah, like all these different movements that you're just not used to doing with your hands full um, is, uh, is a whole other side. So even going into, you know, pregnancy exercise, 
if you're not used to strength training, we're not saying that you have to jump into it by any means. Um, but you know, finding types of activities that do involve some sort of strength work just to prepare you for these new things that are going to come up postpartum that you won't know until, until that point happens. So that can all prepare you, especially for those first few months postpartum. Mm-hmm. And babies get heavy and they turn into toddlers and it is so <laughs> physically demanding. I think that now at two and a half years old, parenting feels more mentally and emotionally challenging but up until the two-year mark it felt very physical lots of carrying baby in arms now not so much but I am super thankful for my strength when I do have to carry a toddler in a snowsuit on a slippery sidewalk (laughs) but babies get heavy and our bodies need to keep up with the demands of those growing kiddos and it is easier to hold babies and kids for long periods of time in alignment that feels good on your body and that is effective for your core and pelvic floor function when you have the muscular strength to be able to do that. So what exercise or physical activity is good during pregnancy? This is a question that I get asked a ton. People want to know specifics and the answer that I give is truly anything that you enjoy that is positive for your brain and your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really, it comes back to to an answer Jess and I often give is it depends. Like it depends on your body. It depends what you love doing. It depends um, if you already have, let's say, pain or symptoms going into your pregnancy. So there is no one size fits all. Um, and yes, definitely, it should be activities that you enjoy. Um, so whether it's strength training or cardiovascular exercise, you know, getting your heart rate up in different ways. Um, it's one of those things is I just really want expecting moms to know, like, don't feel like you're forced into exercise that you just don't enjoy just because you're pregnant. Like I hear all the time, swimming is great when you're pregnant. And I tell clients, if you love swimming, fantastic, go for it. I have some really hardcore swimmers and I think that's great for me. Swimming is like a leisurely summer activity. For me, going to pool and doing laps just isn't my thing. Um, So it's, you know, just take it with a grain of salt when people give prescriptions of what to do. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important because we're not saying keep doing what you've exactly done pre-pregnancy. Continue through pregnancy even if you feel okay there are some more specific details that need to go into this decision making process if that exercise or the strategy that you're using is beneficial to your body during pregnancy I think we'll do a whole episode on this really talking about the strategy around exercise in pregnancy to keep the core and pelvic floor uh, functioning well And I want to say as safe as possible, but I don't actually like to put it in those terms. We simply want your body to be able to function well during pregnancy and postpartum. Anthony Mm -hmm. Lowe talks about the point of women's health and talking about pregnancy and postpartum exercise is not just to save a vagina. That is not the only factor. We have to look at many different factors. That includes our physical and mental health. So we will talk more about this strategy though because I think this is what people want to know. They want some specifics when we're talking about this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's such a good point because there's another thing too and I know Anthony, Anthony Lowe talks about is like there's risks with a lot of different activities. 
So that's why I do have clients asking, okay, well, if I run, I think one of the biggest things with running is potential of prolapse, um, which is one of the organs lowering down in the vaginal canal. Um, and there is no number saying, well, this is the likelihood that this will happen to you. We don't know. Um, so that's just something that there can be a risk of that, but there can be a risk of that with other activities too. Um, so I think it's good if we do an episode talking really specifically core and pelvic floor to answer a lot of, a lot of those questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, biggie question that I get is how much is too much exercise in pregnancy or too much intensity and too much volume? How do you know? What can you be looking out for? So with that, I mean, it can definitely be with symptoms. So if you're leaking urine, stool, or gas, um, if you have urgency all the time with exercise, uh, any sort of pain, so pelvic pain, so whether it's pubic pain in the front, um, SI pain in the back of your pelvis, tailbone pain, back pain, hip pain, these are all signs of the core and pelvic floor just aren't working as a team as well as they could. So I really... I find definitely over the years I've changed how I talk about this because I don't want women to ever feel like they're broken, their body is against them, pregnancy is horrible. Um, It's just that these changes are happening in our body. We just need to problem solve why these symptoms are coming up and then we can change them. So I think it's really about getting this connection with your body so you understand, okay, if you're ramping up intensity and any of these things are happening, why is it happening? And it's not going to mean that any of us are going to tell you to stop. It just may mean that we just need to modify something. Or for example, I see a lot of women with pubic bone pain and oftentimes there's an imbalance. There's um, tension in the inner thighs and the glutes and we just need to balance that out. And then you feel better and you get back to your exercise. This is like super common. So I think it's just recognizing it and not ignoring these signs because there's your body's trying to tell you something. Um, and regardless of how you've been told it's common, it's normal, you're going to have pain, you're pregnant, you're going to leak, you're pregnant. We want you to know this is not something you should put up with and it shouldn't be considered just a normal part. It's common, but shouldn't be considered a normal part of pregnancy. Um, and you just need to figure out why these things are going on so we can change that and then you can keep exercising. I love that answer so much. And I think that another guiding factor for me in answering that question of how much is too much is checking in with my ego. And something that I like my clients to do too is asking, could I versus should I? So I do this a lot when I am choosing weights in my workout. I think, could I lift that weight? Probably. Should I lift that weight? Will I be breath holding a lot? Will I be straining a lot? then maybe I shouldn't lift that weight at this time. What is the actual purpose and intention behind it? That is one way that I check my ego at the door every single workout and also in my daily life now with parenting a toddler too in pregnancy. It's something that I am sure I'm going to have to check in with a lot, especially as we move through the later stages of this pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good way to go into our next topic of should you stop exercising at the end of pregnancy? Um, so as I mentioned before, I didn't, I just, I just kept going. It felt good. I kept strength training right up until the end. I think the the day before I went into labor, but again, that is not something that you should feel you have to do. And I wasn't pushing myself. It just felt good to still strength train. 
went to prenatal yoga up until the end, which seemed to be a big surprise to a lot of people. So doing what feels good in your body is what we encourage you to keep doing. And again, as long as you're checking in with your care provider and medically everything is good to go for you to keep moving, that's a good thing. And even when we talk about, you know, being in labor, that can be a lot of movement in itself. So often you're told, do stairs, do walking, get movement going. So keeping that up as much as you can, as long as it feels good, can actually be a good thing right up until until birth. All right, friends, that is it for today's chat on pregnancy exercise. More so talking about the mindset around prenatal exercise in this episode and some fears that you might be having, your ego when it comes to how intensely you might be exercising during pregnancy, what you should do if you are feeling super nervous about any exercise during pregnancy or if you are feeling fearful about losing part of your identity or losing strength or gaining body fat or a bigger body. These are all really common things that people are experiencing during pregnancy. So you are not alone in any of these aspects. We're just here to let you know that it is a normal conversation and we are here to have it with you if you want to continue it. And we're so excited uh, to have you join us for our next episode, which will be all about answering questions around pelvic health physiotherapy. So how can it help you before and during pregnancy as well as postpartum? We'll be busting some common myths about the pelvic floor and how seeing a pelvic floor physiotherapist can help you not have to put up with these common issues um, that you've likely been told are just a normal part of life. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 